Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga, with player picks as silky as Jamal Musiala's first touch, fancy advice as ropey as Leipzig's start to the season, and two pundits as entertaining as a seven-goal thriller in Leverkusen. At least we like to think so. Yeah, <laughs> I, you're flattering yourself there, James. Every now and again, I usually do. don't interrupt you during the intro, but <laughs> like, that's ooh. hey, look. So this is James saying. I just wanted you people uh, out there to say that James made the script <laughs> I had no hand in it no it's one of those I, think I, I feel like at times I feel more like uh, a third Wolfsburg game than a Leverkusen Dortmund game so yeah uh, no yeah. I disagree I think we definitely hit Leverkusen Dortmund heights more often than you think but it is one of those I'm, every now and again I'm self-deprecating in the introduction today I thought I'd pump us up a little bit Flo, yeah. so I like the fact that you noticed the difference but <laughs> good morning good afternoon good evening uh one and all my name is James Surrogate this is Talking Foosball Fantasy Season 5 Match Day 5 and joining me as always he is the Fantasy Foosball God Flo Reinecker uh Flo I mean how was your return from the international break because I have to admit my Mine was a bit bumpy. Horrible, horrible. Yeah. 90 points, James. Oof. That I, I, like, I can't remember result that bad in recent times. And on top of that, I really was close between Sada and Richter. In the end, I went with Richter. And that's the only decision I really regret from last match day, although the others didn't work out as well. But... Like going into the season, I was so high on Sada. And like Richter was this new toy playing up front midfield and the game but like he's still more risky in the sense that being taken off or in not even starting that was like that's a real possibility with him it's not a possibility with Salah and I knew that he has a knack for goals yeah that I felt bad about that decision and in the end I, I failed to check how many points Riemann got so I left Riemann in my, in my <laughs> squad with minus two points. So it would have been 92, um, but that's still far from saving the day. I was going to say, yeah, by your standards, that's definitely a low score. So I'm sorry. It does make me feel a little bit better about my score, which was over 100 points at least. But yeah, I mean, it was a tough weekend. I have to say it was one of those where the 50-50 decisions really seem to go against me as well. Like, I mean, it's just one of those like you can end up on the right side, but there was no real middle ground. It was very extreme. You had Hoffman Stindl, you know, the point discrepancy was big. Serdar Richter was another one. I'm still personally questioning how I made a decision not to bring Nico Gieselman into my squad. I think I definitely overthought that one. I pep guardiola myself on that occasion and just outfunk everything. And it's one of those. Now I've got a bit of repair work to do this weekend. I think, Flo, you sound like you're in the same boat. So uh, I guess we should get on with uh, some listener questions and see whether we can help ourselves as well as, as, well as others. Yeah, maybe we like next week we will going to be sending out questions <laughs> and you guys will help us. If it's like, oh, we, we repeat that horrible feed from last match day, James. No, it, the only way is up from here. The only way is up. But yeah, I, you know, maybe some player picks on Friday. Maybe we'll have to do a Twitter spaces and get more people involved so they can answer our questions as well. That, that might be the way to do it this time around. But we do have some listener questions for today's show. And um, we'll start with one from at Ralph EA Smith. He says, hi, gents, Musiala, Wirtz and Bellingham. What's your order of preference? He says, all of them look quite attractive picks for this weekend, albeit there's a rotation risk with at least two of them. So how do you feel about these guys this weekend, Flo? And how do you feel about them long term as well i would pick verts uh, i think as the number one out of these three because he's looking really uh, really good 
I don't expect him to be rotated out, although we don't know what, what Swan is doing. So uh, we record Thursday at noon, so we, we're not sure how the Leverkusen game will shape out, how many minutes Wurz is going to get. You will witness that firsthand, James, because like, I got a video feed that you guys don't have, and then James just looks awesome because he already is in his stadium attire. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be, looks, be in the Bay Area yeah. tonight, you know, for the, the big one against Ferencvaros. You look like a serious sports uh, journalist to me, James. Thank you. I That's, do my best every yeah, now and, and again. I, I, if you don't mind, please don't share how I look like <laughs> while, while we, we're talking right now. <laughs> I will refrain. Because yeah. I hadn't, like, I don't have to go out of the house until a few hours. So, uh, yeah. I was going to say, well, but, like, let's be honest as well, because when we started recording, we had to take a break at one point during this. When we started recording, I looked a little different as well. So I, I got myself spruced up in the meantime. Yeah, you, you did yourself good, James, like if I might say so. Back to fantasy, uh, I think Wurz is, is looking great and they're playing at Stuttgart, which may sound like a tough feat, but if you actually look into the stats, like Stuttgart have conceded 66 shots so far this season. That's a tight first place with Fürth. So Stuttgart has conceded as many shots as Fürth this season. Like we all have this big beating of Fürth from the first match. They still in our minds, but they didn't win a single game after that. I like Leverkusen in this matchup, especially since I think that it is perceived worse than it actually is. And that's why I like Wurz the most. Although I have to say that, like, Bellingham is impressive. And although, like, uh, his fantasy st stats are not really mirroring how, how good he actually is, uh, I think that's a problem with, with Bellingham. Uh, I, I think you can make a strong case for him being in your midfield. And I wouldn't even think about Musiala just because of, like, he, he started at Barcelona. And I think the likelihood of him getting another start with the likes of Nabri and Zane also being available for the match, uh, I would pack as pretty slim. So I, I don't expect him actually to start, or at least it's like a 50-50 shot. And then why take the shot? Although, like, if I knew the lineups and Musiala is in it, he would be um, my first choice out of these three. That's it. I think Musiala long-term, I think, is the best choice of the three. But I agree with you, Verts, for this weekend. Because, I mean, let's be honest, Musiala has also shown he has the capability to come off the bench and still score big in the fantasy game. And the thing with Bellingham is I like the fact that he's clearly adding this new dynamic to his game with goals and assists. The problem is I still can't see him being the guy that is going to be involved in multiple goal-scoring chances. So his one or two may produce that one goal or one assist, but I can't see him being the guy that picks up, you know, four chances created and two shots on goal himself. It's more going to be a one and one or one and two breakdown. And so that's my only concern with Jude Bellingham as a fantasy asset. But I don't think you can really say that you're going wrong if you do go down that avenue. That's just a, a personal preference thing. So let's move on to the next question. It's from Time to Nort Bremser. He says, is Köln still worth investing in this week without Kainz? And what are your thoughts about Bielefeld's out-of-position players, Wimmer and Hack? So I'm not thinking about investing into Köln because they're playing Leipzig. And I mean, Köln is really looking good this season and I don't want to take anything out of them. 
I mean, the guy with the most shots on goal, apart from Haaland and Lewandowski, is Anthony Modest so far this season. So who would have thought? Not me, James. <laughs> not, uh, me not me. And I'm really <laughs> regretting not having the Modest song on my soundboard right now, Flo, if I'm honest. Yeah, that would have been a, a great drop right now. But I think we should prepare that for recent, uh, like for the coming Absolutely. weeks. But I'm not trying to riding the bull against Leipzig with, with the Cologne guys so um, I, I have them on my mind but I, I won't bring them in my squad the Bielefeld midfielders are way more interesting to me Wimmer and Hack both are like great choices I haven't actually looked into them until I saw that question and when I checked I saw wow this is very very sharp thinking by time to note Remzer because um, the underlying stats actually look Quite, quite good. So Wimmer had eight shots on goal so far this season, but he only played 80 minutes of playing time so far. So like that's like his average is through the roof, but like he didn't play more than that for a reason. So he was substituted out at Gladbach, I think after 70 minutes. Still got a decent game, but that's why I actually prefer... Uh, Robin Hack and he also like he had a hand in uh, 12 shots so far this season in uh, 200 minutes of, of of playing time which is like his average on 90 minutes is more than five which is on par with with players like Stindl with players like Hofmann with players like Kramaric even so I think that's really good thinking as a whole the question is how big is the Bielefeld pie attacking wise but like Hoffenheim is not like I thought after uh, the Dortmund game I, I thought they they did play pretty well so I, I I saw that like Hoffenheim is up and coming this season but like they they totally botched it against Mainz so uh, why not invest in in, in Bielefeld they at least like uh A mid-table team um, in terms of shot production, 51 shots so far they produced this season. In comparison, Hoffenheim is sitting at 43. So uh, it's actually like Bielefeld produced more and Hoffenheim conceded 52 shots and Bielefeld 63. So there is a slight edge uh, investing into the Hoffenheim uh, side, but it's not, it's not like... Hoffenheim is really shutting down opponents. Like it's it's tense in that regard in the league. So it's really uh, mid-table. So uh, yeah. I think both Wimmer and Hack are on the table as cheap investments um, for myself. And I prefer Hack, even if he's a bit more pricey with 5.4 million and, and Wimmer is 4 million. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I do like the line of thinking. And I mean, ultimately, the game against Hoffenheim, Hoffenheim should have more of the ball. It will ultimately play into Bielefeld's game in transition, just like Gladbach did. And the fact is they created so many chances. And I mean, 18 in total against Gladbach. And that's a good sign for Bielefeld. But I do agree with you that whether we will see that type of performance regularly is something I want to see myself before I invest. But given the price tags on Vimmer and Hack, I think there's uh, there's value in there, definitely. We were talking about Hoffenheim there, so I'm actually going to segue into the next question from at BFLBman09. He says, for the first part of his question, Flo, Andre Kramrich, does he keep him or go with Weghorst or Modest? Uh, I still prefer Kramaric out of these three guys. I wouldn't think about Modest just because of the Leipzig matchup. Maybe it's silly because Modest also scored against Bayern. 
but I like I usually look at like who's conceding a lot of shots and who's not. And and Leipzig, even with the match against Bayern, where they did concede four goals, uh, they still only conceded 43 shots, even with that game against Bayern. And Wolfsburg is, is leading with 38. So it's just five shots off the top defense in the league. And it's not like, like Cologne is doing well, but I, I don't want to invest into uh, Cologne and um, Wolfsburg, they they conceding the, the least amount of shots, but like they're producing for them being top of the table, they're producing not a lot of shots. It's like they're sitting at 50 shots so far. That's 11th in the league. So Bielefeld has one more shot on goal so far this season. Wolfsburg has. So I'm I'm not high on Wolfsburg's attacking side. But, and, and the problem with Wolfsburg, we found it this weekend. We had two midfielders playing in defense and we had three attack or forwards playing in midfield. Yeah. Which really just limited your options when you were trying to dip into that Wolfsburg market. Yeah. 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 I think um, Wolfsburg's defenders would be totally viable, but it's only like you only have Roussillon left if you're not banking on Lacra or Brooks winning a lot of challenges. And when I say a lot, I mean like 15 plus at least to make it count in a fantasy sense, getting in a clean sheet and maybe a few shots on goal via set pieces. What is like always hard to bank on and you you'll never know where these shots will come from uh, after set pieces. So yeah. um, I don't like to do it especially not with guys who are not like near the min price tag. For instance, like there might be a 1 million guy playing in the Friday evening match in Linus Gechter for Hertha, who's yeah. a center back with 1 million. If you take a punt at a center back, then I would like, I would punt with a 1 million guy and not yeah. with a like 8 million guy. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more there. Uh, let's move on to the second part of his question. He's looking for a midfielder replacement for the suspended Kainz. Where are you looking in that market, that mid-range market flow? Yeah, I actually think Robin Hack would be my my favorite one at that price tag. There you go. So I'm I'm like, if you don't spend up a bit and maybe go to a guy like Schoboschlei, who's sitting at... at uh, almost 11 million. I'm not sure like who, who would be in between who I would actually prefer over Ro Robin Hack. So uh, yeah, that would be my choice. If you can stretch to Serda at 9.1. Yes. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Serda. Yeah. Serda would be another one. And even Richter, like if he, he starts, like we, we said before the, these 50, we both went with Richter over Serda last match day yeah but it could be the other way around this match day quite easily so and like had produced five shots on goal yeah. at Bochum so um that's definitely concerning uh if you're investing into Hatter. so don't read too much into them th scoring three goals they scored three goals with five shots on goals that's a total outlier and we probably won't see a match like this uh, until the end of the season. So that's that's a one-in-the-season thing. Yeah, I, I mean, you know what? I'll throw another name out there, but I'll say with the proviso, this 
is a choice that still for me is behind all the players we've mentioned on the pecking order. And it's actually one maybe that I'm kind of keeping an eye on myself. And this is purely because he impressed me in the game against Hoffenheim. But Jean-Paul Boetius, 7.2 million in the game for Mainz. He really is the creative heartbeat of that side right now. And so I think he may be a viable play somewhere further down the line this season. So I just wanted to mention him in that same discussion because it's exactly his price tag. But let's move on to the last part of the question from Man 9 He says... Will Baku now be positioned less as an attacking midfielder? If so, who would you be looking to replace him with? And at that point, Schoberschlei probably comes to mind because that's you're even dipping down in the price tag there, right? Yeah, that's the, like around 11 million price tag. So there was a story in a sport build about Baku like finding his regular starting place as right back which is like not what I expected if you've got Kevin Mbabu in your squad who I think is like really good. I'm not sure if we like maybe it's because Roussillon isn't isn't as good as Mbabu in my opinion and not as good as Baku. So your your strongest wing backs are both usually playing on the right flank. So what does Van Bommel do with that? I'm not sure. Just like food for thought. Um, but it's it's definitely uh, could happen, especially because um, they brought in also Waldschmidt, uh, last minute transfer in. And they got a lot of people that can play uh, as a right winger, but they don't have as many guys who playing a fullback or wingback. So um, there's concern with Baku. And we talked about Schoberschlei. I think he's a good replacement. And Bellingham and Wirtz are also in that price range who I think you can uh, comfortable look at. Have been good replacements, especially since Leverkusen and Dortmund both have standalone fixtures. Although Schoberschlei as well, because they're playing the uh, Saturday evening game. So uh, these three will be my choices. Yeah, I, I think Baku is very high on my list at the start of the season. He's definitely dropping down a little right now, but I still think there's a good fantasy player in there that could be profitable at times. I will move on to the next question. It's from at you underscore Corky BFLB. Uh, he says, is it time to sell the third premium striker, someone like Veghorst, uh, and maybe go for someone like Silver, or is the cheaper option the better way to go? Because that would then allow greater investment in the midfield, as he mentions Unkunku and Olmo. So, I mean, you and I both went with Belfordil, so we no, kind no, of no, took that I went route already. With Clea, after a, as my oh, third strike guy. That's right, yeah. you did. You are right. Yeah, you're right. See, I went down the Belfordil route. It didn't pay off too well, admittedly, but I still think it's a viable tactic to maybe dip into that low budget market because there are some interesting players down there, Flo. Yeah, although I'm not sure, like, if for this match day I, I would go that way. I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't think about Silva. I think the guy who ha- has solidified himself as a third option up front would be Patrick Schick for me. Because he's also fourth in shot production. So he had 18 shots on, on goal so far this season. Topped by Modest. He's at 19. Then is uh, Lewandowski at 21. And then is Haaland with 22. So these are the four top strikers. If you're just looking at shot production. And shot production is like, is an important, a very important part. Uh, of getting fantasy points. So you always have outliers who massively overproduce, but it's like, that's hard to predict. So I think the easiest thing we can predict is, uh, it's like their guy said that just perform and get shot production. And then Schick is, is one of them. And like I said, I think the matchup at Stuttgart uh, is good. So if you 
would look to upgrade. I like right now. I would look to bring in Schick as a third guy up front, apart from Haaland and and Lewandowski, and they have solidified themselves. I, I wasn't expecting the attacking output that Dortmund did show at Leverkusen. That's why I went with Kramaric over Haaland and. Yeah, but like I said before, I'm, I'm not really like I'm not regretting that decision in a sense because I feel like I I still feel that the logic behind that wasn't like uh, it just happened otherwise, and I I, yeah. I saw that. But that's going to happen. As like I I, I still think there's like a, a parallel universe where Kramaric had the Haaland game and Haaland had the Kramaric game possibly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, um, and, and I would. Like if someone out there is a scientist and can make like a, a machine that's putting us all through <laughs> these other parallel universes, I, 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 I would, I would uh, much rather be there right now. But uh, yeah, <laughs> if so only it's so simple, right? Would if be my so third high price option, and yeah. I'm, I don't see really a bargain striker I would go for on this match day. No, I, I uh, just agree because with you. I, I, of yeah. the matchups there. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'd agree with you. I think there are some good strikers in that price range. I mean, Sam Lammers for Frankfurt. We had Omar Marmouche have a really good game for Stuttgart, but they just don't match up well this weekend. I wondered whether someone like Marziani Maolida, if he's in the uh, the Hertha starting lineup on Friday night, whether he might be worth a gamble. But, but yeah, but he's a winger, and I usually yeah. I, I don't like to to start wingers. Probably Belfodil, if he's in a starting lineup, would still be the best option. Although with Zelke being at least back in the squad. I think the likelihood of of Belfodil being like gone after 55 minutes if he didn't score is probably pretty high with Zelke being back in the frame. If Zelke starts, that's a different matter. Yeah. He's sitting at 5.7 million because from all that data is saying, Zelke should be the number one striker once he's back to 100% health. So if he's in the starting lineup, he would be probably my preferred cheap op option, especially because it's a Friday evening game. Yeah, so I, I hope, Corky, that answers the question. I mean, basically, if you haven't done what I've done and dipped into the low-budget market already, this is probably not the weekend to do it for you, even though those midfield options are very attractive. And we'll end part one on one last question from uh, at Benji Tonelli, and he's got a four-option draw for you, Flo. He wants to know which one would you pick. Option one is Kimmich, Jong and Roussillon. Option two is Kimmich, Seda and Schmitz. Option three is Schoberschlei, Jong, and Guerrero. And option four is Schoberschlei, Seda, and Simakan. What do you fancy this weekend? Uh, I would go with option three, Schoberschlei, Jong, and Guerrero. And I would replace Jong either with Wimmer, because he, like, you can afford, um, if you can afford Jong, you can afford Wimmer, because I think Jong is at 4.5. If you can afford Hack, uh, then I would definitely go Schoberschlei, Hack, Guerrero. These would be the, the three guys. Like Kimmich is, is probably pretty safe, but there's still at least a not zero chance of him being rotated out. And at least like a chance if like if they're leading Bochum at halftime with three three to nothing, like how long is he playing? And you you're playing top dollar for Joshua Kimmich. If you're yeah, paying up, I, I would actually Prefer, well, although it's tough to say because with the Leipzig guys, there's always uh, also some risk. But I probably I'm not sure whom I would prefer. Schoberschlei, I would prefer because he he did 
uh, get rotated out at Manchester City. I feel pretty safe that he's going to start again at Cologne. And we saw that his upside is maybe not as high with as Nkunku. I mean, the, the thing is, I'm always preaching here that Nkunku, like he has a shot production and like these big games will come with him. And then these big games happen uh, during Champions League when like I, I can't benefit off of it. That's that's really a tough break. But I think Shoboshlai, like I, I don't see any need to to pay up for for midfield in a range with Kimmich. Although like he's a good pick, but um, you're sacrificing yeah. elsewhere. In my in my opinion, probably too much. Kimmich Sada Schmitz would probably my second favorite. A combination to go for although I would look at another like can you find another low price defender for Ben yeah, Schmitz <laughs> um, if you don't have Scully for instance in your squad he's 2.1 but I, I probably, you probably have but that would be a guy I'd rather look at and maybe you can have, even think about Alexander Hack who's 4.1 million Uh, Nia Kate is injured. He will play for Mainz. He's like, he's a challenge winning monster. So he, he at least has a decent baseline. If, if Mainz is getting a clean sheet, I think you're, you're, you guaranteed with Hack, you're getting double digit points with him because he's at least winning you 10 challenges as well. But like, that's a bet on Mainz keeping Freiburg off. And I'm not sure that I would go there. But with Schmitz, I, I think. Yes, I still think that that Leipzig is a better side, and I'm not sure how much attacking um, production Cologne will have in that game. I, I agree with you there, but Schmitz is clearly a, a long-term candidate. I think the way Köln play, and if he does nail down that right-back spot, the amount of crosses he's feeding into that box, and players like Anthony yeah. Modest and Anderson, it's it's a it's a recipe for success in the fantasy world. So it's great. It is, and uh, like Cologne played the most crosses of all yes. teams in the Bundesliga by a yeah. wide margin. So um, that's definitely is good thinking to to bring in wide players from Cologne. Yeah, but like not this match day for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, right, we will leave it there for part one. Then we'll be back in part two to break down the fixture list. So join us again in just a jiffy. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Time to get into the match day five fixtures and we will start with the Friday night game as always. Hertha against Greuther Fürth. Now this is the first time actually that Hertha and Fürth are meeting in the Bundesliga. It's interestingly enough the 933rd different encounter in Germany's top flight. A fun fact for you there but useless for fantasy. So let's talk about where to invest in this game because Flo, I mean I guess the question is I asked last week whether Hertha were a bit of a honeypot kind of get your hands stuck in there but really come up short. If you didn't invest in Hertha last week would you this week? Uh, yes but not too heavy because they're playing at Leipzig next week and like it's not a home run Uh, going with Hatta because so far they produced 36 shots on goal. Like that's, Fürth is sitting at 43. So like they are abysmal going forward and they changed to like parking the bus, playing away at Bochum as a side, like who has invested almost 400 million from last winters over like the last uh, two years. And like they, they're playing a, Five to three system 
away and producing five shots at Bochum. I still think that that third is far worse than Bochum is, but uh, and and third conceded sixty six shots on goal, so the type most with Stuttgart. So something has to give here. Either like third is starting to not give away as many shots, or Hatta has to produce some shots. And I'm still leaning towards at least Hatta giving uh, getting a decent return in shot production and therefore being investable, especially since the assets are like reasonably priced. So, yeah, that would be my assessment. But I, I right now have Richter in my uh, squad and he'll probably stay the only Hatta player I have if he's uh, in the starting lineup. If not, I might switch Richter to Sada or ignore Hatta as a whole. That's also a possibility. Yeah, that's what I was just wondering whether that might be the way people go. I mean, if they didn't dip into the market last week, then why would they really see that as attractive? I mean, I know it's a Friday night game. There's always that allure that comes with it. But based on what we saw from them in terms of shot production, uh, they really aren't an attractive side. So maybe that changes on a Friday night against Foot. Maybe I've got Belfordil and Richter and I'm... I'm hope I'm actually hoping both are in the starting lineup so I don't have to use a transfer on them, but I am kind of ready and waiting for there to be a change that needs to be made in that one. So let's move on to the Saturday afternoon encounters. We will start nearer to the top of the table, Bayern against Bochum. Now we mentioned Jamal Musiala earlier. He's actually been involved in a goal every 42 minutes on average this season. That's a better return than both Robert Lewandowski and Erling Haaland. So who would your player pick be from this game? We've mentioned Musiala isn't viable really because he's such a rotation risk. So where are you looking in this Bayern side? Because let's be honest, there will be points to be had against Bochum. Yeah, I'm going going with Anthony Davis, uh, 14 million. I think he and Guerrero are tier of themselves uh, in defense right now, and they're reasonably priced. So, and from what Nagelsmann said, I don't expect him to be rotated out. So, um, but you you always have that risk. And with with Musiala, I mean, I'm not going for him because I feel the rotation risk is too high. Like if you want to gamble on it, like it can have big returns. You just have to be aware that it's not like not even close to a sure thing that he's going to start. And and that's something like if you if you like make that decision with that in mind, then it's all right. And then you don't have to beat yourself up if Musiala isn't in a starting lineup because that was what you were gambling for. And if it's not happening, it's not happening. Um, but. So I, w- I wouldn't say that he's not viable. I just say that he comes with a lot of risk attached and I'm not willing to go there if there are players in the same price range who I feel are much safer, which maybe not as much as up- upside as Musiala, but like close enough for me. Yeah, no, I, I, I fully agree with you. And I actually like the Davies pick because it's very interesting to see, especially now that Pavar is back, the way... Nagelsmann has them shift into a back three almost with Pavar and then the two centre-backs. And it's really on Davies to provide that lopsided attacking threat down the left-hand side, which, uh, again, that's a wonderful thing as a fantasy owner. And I'm almost disappointed that I didn't take the risk of keeping him in my squad at unlimited transfers just because of that niggly injury he had coming into last match day. But that's the way these things go and a worthy investment. Let's move on to Mainz against Freiburg. Mainz, the only team Mainz collected six points from last season was Freiburg. Mainz have recorded more 
more wins against the Black Forest Club than any other opponents in Bundesliga history. Now, where are we at with Mainz? Because I kind of touched on them last week. Three wins from four. They're in the top four after being relegation fodder last season. And there are some interesting low price differentials in that side flow. Yeah, and I'm uh, like, I have to, like, I think I owe you an apology because I ridiculed you a bit <laughs> with you talking up Mainz. And I said, well, look who they did play. So a win against Ferd is not like, that's not changing the needle for me. But now we've seen that probably they are for real. Or at least like that was the first performance where I think I I have to say kudos uh, to Mainz. Um, of course, the first match day, like when they were out of options and like their second squad beat Leipzig but I think that that was an outlier game as well and Leipzig maybe oh, there's, there's no indicators no, there yeah. and, and, and I think they still had only five shots at goal and they happened to win it 1-0 with Leipzig getting like 24 shots on goal it's like that's an outlier game and then it's like they're losing handily at Bochum without even being really in the game and then they're winning against Fürth so uh, last week I was definitely underestimating them and maybe overestimating Hoffenheim's ability. And um, now I think, uh, uh, like, I wouldn't fall into the same track because uh, just because Freiburg disappointed against Cologne, I still think this is an open game. It can swing both ways. So uh, if you were on the Freiburg track, like we were, James, I don't think there's necessarily a need to get off that. Because yeah. it could be that, like, mine's surprised at Hoffenheim. But like Streich is, is is a savvy guy. I'm not sure that Mainz is able to surprise him as well. And and maybe we we just see that that Freiburg gets the better of Mainz. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. I think it's a true 50 50 uh, uh, game. But in the future, we, maybe we should scratch Mainz from being like this a nice matchup we want to have for our fantasy players because that. At least that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Uh, I, th I think it's fair to say from what they're showing. With all that said, my player pick is still coming from Mainz and it's Anderson Lukoki for 6.3 million. I'm not loving any option out of this game. I, I have to say that. I, I was looking into um, Boetius before. You mentioned him uh, as a prefix as we were answering uh, the question. I like him as a player, but his fantasy returns is... It's, it's not that I feel I, I good enough right now for me to, to actually think about him because it could be a close-fought game with not a lot of goals in it and it could be like a, a love side, like anything is possible in this game. So um, I, I'd probably rather stay away from this. I, I don't see myself investing into the squad unless like I need the money um, to do my transfers and fit in a player like Lukoki or a hack at 4.1 million. Yeah, no, that's a very fair points. Let's talk about Augsburg against Gladbach then. Now, Lars Stindl, he was the main man for Borussia. He has lost just one of his 15 meetings with Augsburg, scoring six times. He's only scored more against Werder Bremen in the German top flight. We'll just move quickly over that. Um, <laughs> who's your player picked from this game flow? <laughs> it's Nas Derby on, on Saturday, James. True. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm backing you guys. It's yeah. nice to see the improvement that's been made in recent games as yeah. well. So next next year we're talking about Vela again here. Yeah. Oh, um, I I fully believe that. Are you ple yeah, are you pleased with what's transpiring the last couple of games? Yeah, yeah. The performances has been good. The squad is still not balanced. 
well enough, but like the the difference between Bundesliga and uh, the second division is 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 really big. Yeah. So uh, they still have a, a, a squad that has a real high quality in regards to their uh, opponents. Mm. So yeah, let's see what happens. But and, and, uh, yeah, Augsburg in danger of being there next season. So talk to me. Who's your player pick from Augsburg Gladbach? I mean, Inchlinel would be the easy one, and was now um, Rose. Um, Rosa saying Hütter confirming uh, well like this this whole uh, the merry-go-round was hard to find merry-go-round it's still confusing me a bit but uh, Hütter said that Hofmann is out which is unfortunately uh, unfortunate and I mean Hofmann was the guy I was highest on last week he was on route to a pretty big game and could have even had a really good game um, with only playing 45 minutes if they hadn't totally botched the situation where they were two on one uh, on Ortega and Hofmann gave the assist and player scored. I, at first I was elated because I had both in my squad and I thought, well, that's like the best thing that could happen. <laughs> but yeah, player nearly close offside uh, position and, and yeah, Hofmann had to come off and now he's injured and I have to get rid of him. But uh, now Stindl is the only real viable uh, midfield option uh, in a fantasy sense. Although I think we we saw what, um, a game from Dennis Zakaria. Uh, well, we always knew that he's capable of... He, he's a great player. Yeah, but still, absolutely. he did score and did pick up nine fantasy points. That's not like... That's not mirroring how good he was against uh, Bielefeld, in my opinion. But that's the reason why he's not a viable fantasy option, uh, which is sad for me because I like him as a player. But uh, 9 million and not enough attacking returns to be be viable here. So Stindl, but like that was five shots on goal for Stindl. That's not the norm. So you shouldn't expect him necessarily to to have performances like that every day, um, every match day, but like still a, a good option. Um, but the must have for me is still Joe Scully, yeah. 2.1 million. They're playing three man back line. He's, he's playing a really attacking role and he was close on few um, situations to either get at least a pass to a shot or even an assist or like he was one shot away from getting uh, four points for shots at goal so he was close and he, he just gets into really good positions doesn't he and that's what you want yeah. as a fantasy owner yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I think he's still a must-have at 2.1 and that's why he's my player pick. Yeah, I'd I mean, with Stindl, the question was whether he'd continue his form into this season, but it seems like he has, which is good news for Gladbach if they do want to start climbing the table. Let's talk about their opponents from last weekend. Bielefeld, they're up against Hoffenheim on home soil. Now, Hoffenheim have failed to win any of the last six Bundesliga matches that did not involve a Cranrich goal or assist. Who are you picking from this game, Flo? Robin Hack and like... Kudos again to, I think, Time to North Bremser who, who brought it up. Yeah, well, yeah. Because I wasn't looking into the Bielefeld player stats because usually I sort them by himself. clubs I'm interested in and I'm, and I'm sorting through the stats and looking like, who, how are the stats looking from players? And then I was like, at first I was looking, yeah, they're, they are midfielders. That's right. Oh, their, their pricing is good and the stats looks good. Yeah, that's Yassi. And uh, so I think Robin Hack is totally viable against Hoffenheim and he would be my player pick. And I probably wouldn't think about investing into Hoffenheim. Even like Kramaric did play as a midfielder 
basically because Ritter did play up front. It's, it's not what like we've seen Kramaric perform out of this position uh, as well and having like ridiculous amount of shots like he has games where he has 12 shots on goal yeah. we've seen that from Kramaric and even in this uh, more hold back role but it's it wasn't clicking for Hoffenheim against Mainz so it's Mainz took him out of the game yes it's, but not every team will do that that's the thing but Mainz really did a great job of taking him out of the game so yeah but the question is, was that the outlier or was the game at Dortmund where they really like did produce a lot of good chances up front? Was that the outlier? So maybe we know after the Bielefeld game, at least we have a new data point for Hoffenheim. That's it. I, yeah, you feel like you need more information with Hoffenheim before you make any long-term decisions on them. And I, I, I agree with you there. Let's move on to the Saturday late game then. Köln against Leipzig. Now, Köln have made their best start to a Bundesliga season since 2015-16. Leipzig, meanwhile, have made their worst ever start to a Bundesliga season. So the investment in this game, though, still seems to be, based on what you said earlier, erring towards the Leipzig side of things, Flo. Yeah, and I only can see... Like going for one midfielder, and that would probably be Schoboschlei. Yeah. If I mean, because you're not sure who's playing left back, you're not sure who's playing right back. True. I'm not investing in centre backs, although like Simakan is probably a really uh, pretty safe option to get you at least a decent return. But he has to score to give you a game that really uh, is is putting some distance between him and other choices you you, you could make yeah. who have a higher likelihood of, of producing in an attacking sense. And up front, like Silva is... I'm, I'm not convinced so far that Silva is having like anything near what he did at Frankfurt at Leipzig. We haven't seen that so far from him. So I'm not investing in him. And then that leaves me just with investing into the midfield, which I probably will do because I think it's 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 great. Schoboschlei is uh, the, the cheapest option and just as likely to score big than the other ones in a vacuum up. I still prefer Nkunku um, probably out of this three if I count Olmo in uh, with it. But price tag for, for Olmo right now is 13.7 and the price tag for Nkunku is 14.2. And... Schoberschlei is sitting 10.8. So that will be the decision you'd have to make. I expect all three of them to start, actually. Yeah, I can see that happening as well. That's it. Um, and so at that point, you may not go wrong with any investments. It's just a, it's such a minefield, even though you feel like there are some pretty safe candidates in there with Leipzig right now, based on the start to the season they've had. And we just wonder whether that's going to have a long-term impact fantasy-wise. But I guess we, uh, with many a team, are kind of still waiting to see. We talked about all, all the uncertainty going into this season before our match day, in our match day one preview. I feel like there's still a fair amount of uncertainty about this season based on the way the first four games of the season have got. One thing we do know is that Leverkusen are doing well. So let's move on to their game. It's an early Sunday fixture, Stuttgart against Leverkusen. Now we talked about Patrick Schick. He scored in three successive Bundesliga matches for the third time. Four in a row, though, would be a first for the Czech striker. And his partner in crime, Musa Diaby, has had a direct hand in a team-leading four Bundesliga goals in 2021-22, which is pretty good in terms of fantasy value as well. So the question, I guess, really is, do Leverkusen offer viable long-term investments here flow now because they do look like an attacking fantasy output team under Seoane. Yeah, 100%. Like, I'm curious 
This is the first week where we see them in Europe and we see them in the Bundesliga as well. So how much rotation are we going to see? It definitely is helping that next week there are no midweek fixtures for the Bundesliga clubs. Um, and that's why I'm expecting not as much rotation as we would maybe see if next week were Champions League and Europa League uh, as well. So uh, I'm expecting all Leverkusen top assets. And I think for me, it's just Wirtz and um, Schick. Uh, I, I wouldn't go anywhere else. <laughs> you still don't um, want to go in that defense, Leverkusen. that back line. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe Frimpong you can you think about. Now it's talk of Baka actually being dropped after having a, a, a amazing start into his Bundesliga career. Not looking as uh, defensively sound against Dortmund, to say the least. And um, so, yeah, maybe we see a change there. But the alternative is Sinkraven, who who hasn't shown much as well in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, I'm I'm probably not looking to invest into a Leverkusen defender and, and go with Wurz and Schick as uh, the guys I would look to. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you fully uh, on that one, but it's nice to see that Leverkusen are giving us some options again. Let's move on to the Sunday middle fixture, Dortmund against Union Berlin. Now, Dortmund are the joint top scorer so far this season with 13 goals. However, from a neutral standpoint, they've been very entertaining because uh, they've also conceded uh, the joint highest number of goals in nine goals conceded. So... For me, I look at this game, though, and it kind of feels like the, the battle of the high-flying fantasy left-backs, Nico Gieselman and Rafael Guerrero, Flo. Yeah, and like I have Gieselman in my squad, and I, like he'll probably stay in there just because I have too many other issues in my squad and players who got themselves injured and maybe like Richter will lose his starting job and, and stuff like that is going to happen. Um, I'm not elated that he's in the squad, but yeah, yeah. Like I, saw, I, I saw some parts of the match against Augsburg. And now I'm, I think that Giesemann is there for real with his shot production. Agreed. Because like, it's, it's their, their way of playing that they are checking a lot over Trimmel. And if Trimmel is on the flank, Gieselmann is in the box every single time. He arrives late and comes like to the far post, and that's where the ball is going. Like he could have had a goal easily against uh, Augsburg again in the post, didn't he? So I think that's like that's not chance. That I, that is actually how they want to play, and that makes Gieselmann so much safer if it's like. Like one shot at goal after a set piece or one like he takes a shot from 30 yards out and some random events leading to him having shots at goal. That's like uh, a totally different matter for me than if it's like it's a match plan that if like it's probably the other way around. But like it's usually Trimmel doing doing the crossing and then Gieselmann is arriving in the box. And uh, I, I like that for my left back and and Guerrero just has a quality he's showing that Sappy's duty so yeah. well, that free yeah. kick was quite the, special these are the the two I'm not sure how differential Bellingham is he would be uh, probably the only guy I would think of apart from Haaland Guerrero and Gieselmann yeah and I wouldn't bring in Gieselmann for this match day still oh, no. yeah. like yeah. I, at one point maybe even Dortmund gets a clean sheet or at least like not looking ridiculous at times at the back. Because uh, I think what I read, that actually like Kobel is doing a, a good job and, and Dortmund should have had even more goals conceded than they did with with what yes. they were like 
letting the opponents have for opportunities, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, look at—he made some important saves against Besiktas last night, and on top of that, they almost threw it away at the end. You know, it was uh, an interesting. It looked like they was gonna—they were gonna pick up their first clean sheet of the season. I thought that, well, you know, uh, that wasn't in the DFB Pokal against Vien Wiesbaden. You know, but, are you slagging uh, they, off Vien Wiesbaden? No, <laughs> let's say against a non-third tier side. I mean, yeah, I'm not slagging them off, but you can't read too much into that. A, a clean sheet against Besiktas would have built confidence, but they still couldn't quite claim that either so yeah i don't think this is a foregone conclusion um, and hummels is back so true. maybe it's like it, that could help the whole defensive scheme with hummels and akanji yeah. um, being the center backs yeah pongratic had, had his had his chance to shine and he did did all right but yeah i don't see him quite being the long-term solution for dortmund at the back even if marco rosa has talked him up a lot so let's talk about his former club then and close out the match day five fixtures volsberg against frankfurt val Vekos has scored four goals in six bundesliga appearances against Form, f- former club of whom uh, of pongratic volsberg uh, ah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> you, you were saying that marco rosa and that now I was thinking you were like a bit confused with the Glasner and Rosa <laughs> and Hütter and who's where. And no, I, I need to set up like a, a map of Germany <laughs> with the heads of the coaches where I can just change them. Just move them around like little magnets. magnets yeah. So, yeah. I don't get confused. Sorry, James. Of course you were spot on. No, Marin Pongracic. It's all, it's all right. It's all right. I did move that link very, very quickly. So it was, yeah. Marin Pongracic's former side, Wolfsburg. I mentioned Baykhorst. Yeah, four goals in six appearances against Frankfurt. Frankfurt, though, were relegated last time they went four games to start a Bundesliga season without a win. There was good news for them. I mean, is Kostic back in the mix after what we saw on the weekend? Came off the bench, you know, the fans seem to have forgiven him. Then he scores a goal that you know, at least gets them a point in that game. Yeah, but I'm not investing in any clubs facing Wolfsburg at the moment. Uh, Yeah. 38 shots conceded so far this season. I I don't think it's a fluke. Um, They just have like, they have great defenders. They, they, uh, I think uh, Gila Vugi coming in for Schlager might actually be solidify their defense. Maybe it's lacking a bit on attacking prowess and creativity. But like he, he's a really good Bundesliga player if he's 100%. We've seen that before. So I'm not investing in Frankfurt, even though they are up there in shot production. You, you feel like, like Frankfurt is disappointing squad this season, which is true. But still, 62 shots on goal, that's on par with Leipzig. So Leipzig and Frankfurt both created 62 shots so far this season and only Stuttgart, Dortmund and, and Bayern have more. So that's definitely something to keep in mind if they're facing other clubs than Wolfsburg. No, definitely. I think they're viable options. Yeah, with Kostic, we've talked about Lindstrom. Uh, Haug has been mentioned on this show before. And maybe even Sam Lammers as a cheap striker up front. We wait to see whether he can really make himself a viable fantasy How, how cheap asset. is he? 7.1 million, if I'm not mistaken. And Bore is so cheap as well. So that, there's True. definitely some guys dropped the ball. I wasn't working then. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean they can't turn it around another time. So it's just a case of when is the right time to jump on that Frankfurt bandwagon. I'm sure that's a question that we will mull over. I think Kamada might also be back in the frame. It's true. At 11.1 million. I think with Kostic being back, we probably get a problem because out of Hauge, Kamada and Lindström, probably just two will play. Mm-hmm. Um, if Kostic is, is back in the frame, which he is, yes. in my opinion. Yeah. So that's 
definitely a situation to monitor. The good thing is, it's not like they're playing at home against Fürth and I feel like I have to invest in them. True, yeah. And then I have I want to figure out who's playing. No, I, I, I can wait and see... Like who? Like who's the coach now? For, for which club? It's, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's glass now. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know yeah, this that. Is easy, this is just, an easy one. He just swaps sides, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like we can see like who what Glasner does with Kostic back and Haugen Lindstrom also there and Kamada being back in shape. Yes. Yeah, no, you're right. They could actually be a bit of a selection headache down there. Okay, let's, in terms of selection headaches, actually, it's the perfect segue to our player picks to close out today's show. And so I will come to you, Flo, as always, for your Vegas choice first. Yeah, and I, I think it's a, t- a really tough decision for me this week, but I'm going with... Yeah, I was thinking about a player, and I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm, I'm switching it. And actually going well, oh, that's, that's really, like you all are probably at the edge of your seats <laughs> right now. I'm going with Slash Tinder. Okay. Because I, like, I want to hammer home, you, uh, like he, he can have big returns, but he's not as sure as you might think he is yep. as an investment, just as a... Asterix. I think that's a viable, viable Vegas choice. I went with Dominic Soberschlag because I think we've seen his major upside potential, but we've also seen his major downside potential. And then you've got the rotation risk in there as well, just in case Jesse Marsh decides to stick with the side that uh, started the 6-3 loss to Manchester City. You never know. Stranger things have happened. But I like his potential in the away game against Köln. Super Schnäppchen, where are you saving some pennies this weekend, Flo? Apart from Scully, who I feel is a must-have with the role he plays and the price tag he has, and uh, no matter, like, even if he scores just three points, I think it's a mistake not to have him because, like, he's way more likely to give you good returns than other guys at his price range. Yeah, apart from him, I'm going with Robin Huck. I have to, like, I, like right now he's, like, one of my favorite picks um, after looking into his stats on... Uh, I, I think the conception is that Hoffenheim are way, like clear favorites to win at Bielefeld. And, but Bielefeld is not looking shabby going forward this season. They definitely developed. And I think Hack being a midfielder, playing in a really attacking role, a cheap price tag like that. Yeah, I, I think a time to Nordbremser may regret putting you onto those Bielefeld assets um, and may not, yeah, may regret not keeping them to himself, actually. But I went for a more differential route with my Super Schnäppchen just because I was looking at that Friday night game and the odds are that Diophysio Seifoik will start at right back for Hertha. And I'm almost still a bit hesitant to advise investing in Hertha, but I think as a Super Schnäppchen option, he could be a bit of a differential on Friday night if you wanted to consider it. I am purely based and the fact that I'm getting rid of Chris Richards and this is not the week to get Nico Gieselman. So I'll just let you into some of my thinking. That's why I put Zyfoik down as a as a super Schnepchen option. But talk to me about your banker flow. My banker is Rafa Guerrero. Uh, I, I think he's just so good. And uh, on top of that, Union, like they, they don't have the ball a lot. I think 41%, it's the third least in the Bundesliga so far this season. And you don't benefit directly in fantasy out of that. But I think it's like this is heightening the chance of getting like 16 corners for Dortmund 
12 free kicks in situations where uh, he gets across into the uh, box. And that's definitely helping Guerrero with getting a lot of passes to a shot. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I, like, I've got this feeling that this is the time where Dortmund gets the first clean sheet. And like putting this together, um, Guerrero could have a massive game against Union. Yeah, I mean, you can never really go wrong with Rafael Guerrero, I don't think. My banker is someone that I do seriously regret not bringing in last weekend, and his name is Florian Wirtz. Uh, I really think at 11.2 million, he could be a great little... Well, I'd say he's kind of on the upper range of mid-priced midfield options, but you don't have to break your bank, and I think he could be an even more valuable asset for Leverkusen under Gerardo Seoane. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a good choice for this weekend as well, admittedly, um, away from home against Stuttgart. Stuttgart's side that have not looked that good early on in this season. So that brings us to an end of this week's episode of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Thank you for joining us. Feel free to get in touch on your social media platform of choice. And if you haven't yet joined the Talking Fußball Fantasy League for now, from me, your host, James Thorogood Flo, and the rest of the Talking Fußball crew, Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören. <laughs>